ready, and I want to carry on and talk about how we encourage one another or spur one another on. So if you have a Bible, why don't you go ahead and grab it and turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Whatever your Bible device looks like, maybe it's an iPad, maybe it's your phone, maybe you're sat in front of your computer, maybe you've got something like this, something very old school, remember, with pages. Um, I love this little Bible. I, I got this when I first encountered Jesus. When I first got saved, I bought this little thing, and it's beaten up, it's got coffee stains on it, it's ripped, but I love it. I love reading from this. Um, so however you look at your Bible, turn to... Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm going to be picking it up from verse 19. It will come up on the screen as well. So here we go. Verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way, open to us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, Let us draw near to God. Let's draw near to God with a sincere heart, full of faith and assurance, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Jesus is so faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let's not, meet, let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but all the more let's encourage each other as we see the day approaching. Tonight I want to look at uh, encouragement and I want to look at the purpose behind encouragement, really what the effects of our encouragement one to another can be. So we're going to look at how, encourage, how encouragement helps us grow in love, grow in character, and strengthens our hearts. So it's growing in love, in character, and how encouragement ultimately will strengthen our hearts. What I want to do is, I've read from that big chunk, but I want to drill down, if you like. I want to focus in on two verses, verse 24 and 25. Says, let's consider how we can do this. Let's consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. You see, encouragement cannot be random. It's not random. It's not meant to be random. Uh, This provocation we see here is to consider, is for us to consider. That means being thoughtful fully thinking out what we want to do. Think carefully, discern what's needed. That's the encouragement. It's not just random, this is what I want to say. It's, man, consider, be thoughtful, be deliberate about how we, this is the word here, spur one another on. It's, it's a provoking word, isn't it? Well, it means to provoke. It's very graphic, actually. It's to prod, to, to stir up, to provoke, to push on. Let us consider how we can do this, how we can provoke each other in a, in a healthy way. The word spur means to stimulate, to stimulate, to evoke an emotion within. 
There's this definition that says, provoke feelings that push someone into action. So this is what the writer's saying. I want you to consider how you can provoke feelings within someone that's going to push them into action. So we really do need to be intentional and prov- and about our provoking because it's it's pushing each other towards something. This encouragement is pointing towards something, and this is love, good deeds, and Jesus. Growing in love, growing in character, these good deeds, and strengthening our heart, which is Jesus. We're going to break that down a little bit. Growing in love. You know, this is really, Phil, Phil did a stellar job, so has Sarah so far. Like, growing in love, love is what it's all about. This whole series is hinged really on love one another. This is the kind of thread, the vein that floats through all these other one another's. But we need to grow in love. It doesn't just kind of get blah, 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 downloaded to us. We need to like, exercise the muscle of love. We need to make sure we are loving people. We are choosing love above all things. And this, this means we need to position and posture, we use these words, our hearts in the correct way towards another person. There should be a deep and enduring love within this community, a love for one another without conditions. We're called to love one another as Jesus loved us. The same love that he expressed to us where he laid down his life for his friends is really how we're encouraged to love each other. So that's what we're being provoked onto. That's what we're being stirred up into. That's what I want to stir you up into. That's what I want you to stir me up into. Love each other as Jesus loves us. Love looks to lay down your life for the sake of someone else. Um, Love gives away. Love looks to give away rather than looking to receive first off. And love is the goal. John 13, 34, Jesus says, this is the new command I give you. Love one another. So love is the goal and love is also the glue that holds us together. In Colossians 3, Paul puts it this way. He says, I'm paraphrasing, he says there's garments that we should wear as followers of Jesus. There's clothing, there's virtues and attitudes. Kindness, compassion, gentleness, forgiving, bearing with each other. But the the garment that we should place around all of that is love. Because love actually binds everything else together. Without love, everything else crumbles. Like it says in Corinthians, it's just a noise. It amounts to nothing without love. And you know what? It's not just for our benefit. As amazing as this is, as we get to love each other, within the community and the family of God. Um, As brilliant as this is and as healthy as this is, that's not the end goal. The end goal is that somehow our lives also reflect the light and the love and the peace of Jesus to the world around us. Our friends, family, neighbours, colleagues, that we get to somehow have our lives on display where people see, man, the way you interact with each other, the love that you have for each other is amazing. You see, it's this kind of love that really shows who we are and who we belong to. We don't do it for that purpose. We do it because we've been loved, because we've been transformed. You know, John 13, 35 carries on to say, if you love each other, you're going to show that you're truly my disciples. That's what Jesus says. By this love, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So if we want to reach people... The best way to do it is to simply love each other. 
to simply show what love looks like. Honest, pure, humble, sacrificial, self-giving love that shows who we belong to. There's this amazing Bible scholar called N.T. Wright. Many of you would have heard of him, some of you might not. He goes by the name of Tom Wright as well. Um, And he had this quote. I listened to him the other day. This quote just jumped out to me. He said, The church is the sign to the world of a different way to be human. Let me say that again. The church is a sign to the world of a different way to be human. And this was definitely true for me. Absolutely. You know, the moment, the, the, the time that I, felt, I thought I stumbled into a church because I was searching, I came across believers like you guys, like me, and I saw this mutual love going on. And I was like, man, I want to be part of that. I want it in. So it shows the world who we belong to. So I want to encourage us, let's stir one another up, let's stimulate, let's provoke, prod each other to love, and then secondly, good deeds. This is really about growing in character. Let me explain. You know, this good deeds can be misunderstood. It's not doing someone's shopping, taking someone's dog for a walk, uh, doing someone's cleaning and washing and cooking someone a dinner and babysitting, like keep doing those things. That's awesome. That's just what it looks like to be family. Like that, that's great. That, that is good deeds. But the good deeds that this is talking about is actually the inner working of your heart. It's all about the inner character, who we're becoming, how we've been transformed, how our hearts now look like Jesus. Um, Christ-likeness, if you like, we use that term, that, that our lives, that my life would really show for something. Humility, faithfulness, justice, mercy, forgiveness, trustworthiness. I might have said it, faithfulness. You know, this speaks volumes, but these should be the virtues that we live in. And that's what he's saying. Like, I want to provoke you. I want to stir you up into this kind of good deed. God-like, honourable, Christ-like character. This is what it's been defined as, actually. Lives that are attractively good. Man, it's incredible. And if Andy Kellum, you're still watching, you are attractively good, my friend. I know you're watching because you're commenting. But that's what we want to look at, right? We want, to, we want to look at each other's lives and how people live and how people interact. And we want people to look in and go, man, that is, int- that is attractively good. And a, a goodness that inspires and motivates others to embrace what is lovely, what is beautiful, what is praiseworthy. Lives that are winsome and appealing. So that's what we're being stirred up towards. Live these honourable, Christ-like characters. Paul says in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, verse 1, he said, we should live lives that are worthy of the calling we've received. And in Philippians 1, 27, very similar, he said, conduct yourselves. We should conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Do you know what? Like, we are on a very fine line at times between legalism and license. What I mean by that is people can get so frantic and and we we kind of live in this moment where it's like, oh, we're free and everything's good. Do you know what? We need to live lives that are radically different than the world around us. 
more so in this day. Show people what faithfulness, trustworthiness, justice looks like. Compassion, love, humility. More than ever, we need to live lives uh, representing the lives that Jesus won for us at the cross. Friends, let's conduct our lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Personally, I have friends in my life that challenge me, have done for years. I'm not perfect. I know that's a shock to you. You're not perfect. We are not perfect. We'll make mistakes. But you know what? We need people alongside us that are going to go, man, that's not who you are anymore. You don't need to act like that. You don't need to think like that. You don't need to respond like that. I've got friends in my life that do that. How about you? Friends that provoke me to live the life that Jesus won for me. I remember early days as a Christian, um, gosh, nearly two decades ago now, um, a miracle happened in my life where, man, in a moment, the drug addiction was just defeated in a moment. But there's been other aspects that I've struggled with, little, little nooks and crannies that I'm like, oh, that's not too helpful. And I, I compromised early doors. Uh, I'd lived close to the line and stepped over the line at times. And a good friend of mine, Anthony, who's still one of my best, best friends, he just came alongside, discipled me early doors and would just show me what it looked like to follow Jesus. And the way he would provoke me, the way he would prod me, the way he would stir me up towards living well, would be, and this is very pastoral what I'm about to say, he'd literally say to me when I'd done something silly, he'd say, stop being a Muppet. That, that was it, just stop. Stop being a Muppet, stop doing that. That is definitely not who you are anymore. So I feel like this is what we need to do for one another <laughs> as this one anothering series is meant to change us and transform us and challenge us and we're to apply it to our lives like let us model what love looks like to one another but also what godlike character looks like as well godly character stir each other up towards love and good deeds you know encouragement has to be challenging at times it really does and and want to move on here in Hebrews 10, 25. Here's another challenge. It says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit. This is hard right now, right? We're, we're living in, in semi-lockdown. It's lifted a little bit, but we're living in very uncertain and challenging times. So it's, it's hard just to be in and out of each other's homes. It's, it's hard to meet in larger numbers. It's, it's hard just to hang out. So we have to think of new and creative ways. Maybe it's a fancy dress over Zoom or something. They, they, I don't know. That's, that's a bit of a lame way. But we've got to think of new and creative ways to connect because this one anothering can only happen when it's life on life, when we are present, when we are in each other's lives. And it's so important that in this time especially, but for, like we stay present, we stay connected, we stay engaged with each other. And we've all got to fight for this. That's all of us. Like I want to fight for this. And I want you, friend, to fight for this, that we would stay present with each other. You can't do that with everyone, but you can do that with someone. Who are those someones in your life that you're meant to be present with, connected with? Don't give up meeting together. Somehow, be creative in this time. Be safe, but creative in this time. You know, it's so tempting to go it alone. Uh, I, I, I can be like this. 
Man, I'm a people person, I love people, but sometimes, quite often actually, I'm like, man, I just want to be on my own. I just want to do this on my own. I don't want to go to anything else. I don't want to connect with anyone else. And that, that's the reality of how it is. But, but it's important. It, it's not good for us. It's not good for me. It's not good for us when we're isolated and alone. Remember, we're joined together as one. One family. In Peter, Peter says... We were once not a people, but now we are the people of God. We're his family, his body, the church. So where it says don't give up meeting together, it's not saying don't, don't give up going to services per se, although that is where you meet. It's saying it's, it's not about a building you go to. It's a people you belong to. Don't give up belonging to those people. It's all too easy to do that, especially in our culture. Individualism is just rife. But Jesus flies in the face of that. He's brought us together as one, one head, which is Jesus. We share one faith. Ephesians 2.22 tells us that we are like living stones being built together to become the dwelling place of God. So that's where we'll hear from God when we're together, because he speaks one to another, through one another, to one another. So let's not give up meeting together. Somehow, some way, I'm going to break into song. Let's be connected. Let's stay present with each other. Can I encourage you, friend, family, let's be present with each other. And then lastly, how encouragement strengthens our hearts. Hebrews 10.25, don't give up meeting together. And some are in the habit But then it says, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see this day approaching. This word encouragement here has a concept of coming right upside, right up close to someone, side by side, near, beside. You know, the the Holy Spirit is known as the one that comforts or encourages. He's the great encourager. So actually we we adopt that kind of posture, like the Holy Spirit. I'm not calling us the Holy Spirit, but similar, like he comes alongside close. So this is what it's referring to. We're to get alongside, beside. It's an intimate participation, side by side. It also means to call forth or to summon, to invite or to exhort. So effectively, it's like this. Our encouragement should look like this. Man, I'm going to come alongside you. I'm going to come close. I'm going to, in, I'm going to participate with you. But the goal is I want to lift you up. I want to, I want to call you up. I want, to, I want to help lift your head up towards Jesus. I want to pour strength into someone else. There's... There's this guy in scripture in the New Testament that Paul refers to as Tychicus or Tychicus. He's seen in two places in Ephesians and Colossians and Paul refers to him as a dear brother and a faithful servant. And he's often on my mind because I've got a real heart for encouragement. I love encouraging people. And this guy inspires me. But Paul says, I want to send you Tychicus for a purpose. And that is to report to you what's going on and to encourage your hearts. That, that's the purpose of him being sent. What a brilliant role, man. You're being sent from church to church to report how it's going and just to encourage hearts. Just to encourage hearts. And this encouragement is intended to strengthen the heart. And the heart, not that kind of the muscle that keeps you alive, 
not that organ, although that's good to encourage, right? But it's referring to the mind or the, the kind of centre, the core centre of who you are, the inner you, the, the, the will, the, desi- the desire, the decision maker, the, the, the centre. That's what it's appealing to. That's what we're trying to strengthen. I, I love this definition here, the effective centre of our being. That's what encouragement is poured into to strengthen. The desire producer that makes us tick. So to strengthen, we've got to walk alongside, call people upward, helping someone else fix their their eyes, their focus and their attention on Jesus. That's what we're pouring into each other's lives. Jesus, who he is, what he's done and what he will do. Who he is, what he's done and what he will do. That's what real encouragement is all about. It's not just nice, warm words, although that's great. It's not just telling someone they're great, although that's wonderful. No, it's lifting someone towards Jesus. It's helping someone see and encounter Jesus through all circumstances of life. The goal of our encouragement, friends, is that we would help people see and encounter Jesus So the idea is to pour courage, is to pour hope and strength and faith into a person's heart. Man, that's why I love this kind of encouragement. That's what makes me come alive. When I I think that I've been able to lift someone's head towards Jesus or make them feel like they can believe again or have hope again or trust in Jesus again, man, that makes me come alive. And we're doing all this as I, as I close. This is, this is the point where we're doing all of this pointing towards a day. It finishes up here by saying, we do this all the more as we see the day approaching. You see, it's not just a random day. It's not saying we do this until Wednesday, and until that day Wednesday approaches. Now, the, the day is a capital D. Our encouragement has the future in mind. It's pointing towards a, a time, a specific moment in time in the future when Jesus returns to make all things new. That, that's what we're encouraging each other towards. That's what I want people to keep telling me, like, he's coming. He's coming again. And he's coming to take us. He's coming to take us home. He's coming to take us to this new created earth where all calamity has been wiped away, where death is no more, where all wrongs are being undone, where perfect peace will rule and reign. That's what we're pointing each other towards, this great and glorious day of the return of Jesus Christ. So I want to leave you with this bit of application or encouragement, my friends. If I can look down the barrel of the camera here. I want to ask who? Who encourages you? Who is in your life? Who is it that pours strength into your heart? I want you to think right now. Think about who that might be. And just be thankful. Like that is God's grace gift to you. Maybe thank them next time you see them. Thank God for them. Pray for them. Ask for God's favour to rest upon them. So that's the who. What about the how? How can you encourage someone else? How, who and how can you pour strength into someone else's heart? Maybe how could you look to be a Tychicus or Tychicus to someone else? How can you encourage hearts? Who is in your life that you could lean into? I want to finish by reading this again, and then we're going to pray. Verse 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place 
by the blood of Jesus, the new and living way opened to us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest, which is Jesus, over the house of God, friends, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with a heart full of assurance and faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And here we go. Let us, let us from here consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together, staying present and connecting, but let's get in the habit of encouraging each other all the more as we see that day drawing near where Jesus will return. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, drawing close to him. Lord Jesus, we love you. Jesus, I thank you that you would rescue us, that you would change and transform us. I thank you that out of your great love, you called us home. Thank you that we are eternally secure in your hands. Thank you that we are eternally secure in your kingdom. Thank you that we will rule and reign with you forever. Thank you that one day you will return to make all things new. I just ask God, I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, that you would help us as a church community love well, to live well, and to strengthen hearts. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I do hope that, yeah, somehow Jesus would strengthen your heart and you'd look to strengthen other hearts as well. Um, but it's been great to be together. It's literally just me and John here, but we're, we're together. And I just want to say at this point as well, I'm so grateful for John for making these, this shenanigans happen here every single week and for Andy and the worship team pulling things together and for you guys listening in. But I am grateful for this church community and it's great to be part of it. Look forward to seeing you in the flesh sometime soon. Um, we're going to check out in a, in, a, in a few moments, but just to remind you again beforehand, um, give it kind of five or so minutes. Uh, the team will let you into the Zoom room when they're, when they're ready, but give it five or so minutes, maybe five, ten minutes. Go and grab yourself a brew, get yourself a tea or coffee, um, get yourself comfortable, and then if you'd like prayer for anything, come back, jump on the link, and we've got a team of people that would love to pray for you. Other than that, Vine Life Church family, stay well, stay safe, keep looking to Jesus. Love you guys, and see you soon.